We deal in illusions, man. None of it is true. But you people sit there day after day, night after night, all ages, colors, creeds. We're all you know. You're beginning to believe the illusions we're spinning here. You're beginning to think that the tube is reality and that your own lives are unreal. You do whatever the tube tells you. You dress like the tube. You ate like the tube. You raise your children like the tube. You even think like the tube. This is mass madness, you maniacs. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. So turn off your television sets. Turn them off now. Turn them off right now. Turn them off and leave them off. Turn them off right in the middle of the sentence I'm speaking to you now. Turn them off. Welcome back to the Liquid Flannel Podcast. From Arlington, Texas, I am Matthew Hodges, and from Omaha, Nebraska, my colleague Brendan Williams. Brendan, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, I've got to set the record straight. I think if you listen to last episode, I may have given the impression that Roseanne, the new show, is good. Okay. And I, I, I just want to correct the record. Are we are we issuing a retraction on that? Yeah, and, and state it is not it is not good. The original show okay. was was pretty good. Yeah. This new show is not pro-Trump. That was the, that was what I was trying to say. It's not a pro-Trump show. Right. Even though it pretends it is. Well, but it it's also like, not a good show. I wanted yeah. to make sure that that was clear. Oh, I see. Okay, so you'll, you'll stand by the statement that it's not a pro-Trump show, and in fact, some ways may be trolling Trump supporters by pretending like it is and then not really being that. That does but, seem plausible. But the show itself is not good, not worth watching. I mean... It's, it's, it's a show, man. I mean, it's, it's amazing <laughs> that it exists. Uh, yeah. The first two episodes were okay. The third episode I felt was quite bad, but you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. I'm, I'm committed well, to, it sounds to like, seeing this through to the inevitable, horrible conclusion. Yeah. It sounds like the general viewing audience is sort of agreeing with you. Cause I think the ratings fell by like half. Or something over, you know, from the from the premiere to the third episode. Well, I mean, that's to be expected too. I mean, yeah. all the shows are like, oh, you watch that show, and then you're like, oh, now I have to watch it like every week. Woo. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's terrible. Well, and it's still doing numbers. It was like I don't know, 14 million people or yeah. something watched the the third episode. So, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I haven't looked that one up. I'm not sure I will. I, I'm kind of enjoying getting this secondhand through you and you know various takes on on social media. Yeah. No, I got my my finger on the pulse of cutting edge pop culture like <laughs> revivals of 20-year-old shows. Right. Yeah. Um which I mean is just more and more popular but also it just seems like that just it can't go well. Um you're just setting yourself up for failure. Like there's a reason that the show ended, you know? To bring it back is like, oh yeah, what do we why are we why are we doing this? Where is it going? It's so stale. Right. Well, and you're also going to be fighting expectations. You you have a built-in audience for these reboots. I guess they're bringing back, like, Murphy Brown here pretty soon. Oh, my God. Sir. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, and I don't know who was Ooh. asking for that. I don't know if anybody actually asked I mean, for that. Candace but... Bergen, I can assume. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you have this built-in audience of people who loved the original, but that means you have to match or exceed 
their ex, you know their experience of the original which i don't think you're going to be able to do in most cases no i mean you you can never be as good as the original show um, right and you're already almost like limiting your audience to be like didn't you watch all that old show or yeah it's just yeah. a weird it's just a weird position to be in and it's well, just like it just does not set a show up for future success it seems like <laughs> You know, and I, I think, uh, I think movies fall into that trap too. But at least with a movie, it's kind of a self-contained narrative. You're not supposed to be coming back to it time and time again. You know, over the course of possibly years. Uh, right. I heard that there. I, I, I heard that they may have a remake of the Last Starfighter in production now. Which well, I mean, now that the Ready Player One movie is taking off. Um, making that fat video game bank, the yeah. writer of Ready Player One, the book, wrote another book called Armada, which was his follow-up, which was literally just a ripoff of The Last Starfighter. Oh, like, all right. Oh, just wholesale ripoff. And <laughs> even everybody hated that one. I don't think it did very well. But, you know, they're probably going to make a movie out of it, because why not? Well, I thought that... I thought that the the actual remake of The Last Starfighter was training kids on video games to pilot unmanned drones around Iraq and blow up civilians. Yeah, that's one of those reality shows, I guess. Oh, right. Yeah, the, the reality <laughs> version of the show. Here in the, here in the reality TV uh, politics era that we live in. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, you know, we talked about The Last Starfighter, but did I ever tell you that I have the outline of a sequel script for The Flight of the Navigator, which was another classic from kind of that era. Yeah, isn't that like, isn't that a Disney jam? No, yeah, I'm I think thinking so. of something else. Yeah. Is it? No, I think I think it was a Disney, mo Disney movie. I think the yeah. first time I ever saw it was on the Disney Channel. Oh, yeah, they'll probably, they'll great, probably the, bring it back then. Yeah, like the, the kid gets basically kidnapped by a spacefaring, essentially a like a zookeeper or... Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so my idea for the, the sequel is the spaceship shows up again and is looking for the navigator who's now old, you know, he's like an adult and he's like, I can't go with you. I've got, you know, a wife and kids and whatnot, but there's some scrappy, like new teenager who can go with the ship to help address some problem on the, on the spaceship's planet. Um, something's gone wrong with their uh, with their zoo or something. It's turned into Jurassic World, or some plague is broken out, or something like that. They need a navigator who can, whatever. It doesn't matter. That's the way you tap into a like a nostalgia market, but you know, don't fall into that trap of not living up to the original. Although the original did have the spaceship talking with the Pee Wee Herman voice for like half mm, the movie, man. Um, which I always thought was kind of a weird aesthetic choice. Yeah. Did I tell you about when we went on E.T. the ride? No. Is oh, it man. the one where you, you ride the bikes? Oh, yeah. So, okay. yeah, we went to Universal Studios in Florida when I went on my Make-A-Wish trip. And uh, they were like, yeah, the E.T. the ride. It's still there. Uh, we wanted to get rid of it. But Steven Spielberg literally said that he he would, like, never work with us again if we got rid of E.T. the ride huh. because he was super pissed when they got rid of it in the one in California. <laughs> um, so we went on it just for kicks. 
And, uh, oh, it's so, I mean, it's like the oldest ride in the park. It's yeah, so old now. It's like going to Disney World and riding the original Pirates of the Caribbean movie <laughs> with all the, like, the plaster mannequins and stuff. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. And it's like, I guess it has been updated, but but not that much. But the right. plot of E.T. the ride, because it does have a plot, uh, it's a sequel to E.T. Really? And apparently... Uh, so like at the beginning. Well, wait, hold on. It was it. Is it based on the actual sequel to ET that takes place on ET's home planet? One thousand percent, yes. Okay, all right. And so the beginning, he starts off, and you're like in the woods, and you fly away on the bike, and then mm-hmm. like ET's like, all right, it's like taking off. See you guys later or whatever. And then you like go through a little tunnel in the ride, and it's like, hey, now you're on ET's planet. And it's like you took way too much tainted acid and then went to a McDonald's like play place from the 90s. Okay. That's the aesthetic of E.T.'s home planet. Well, no, so, it's true, though, because uh, Mayor McCheese and Big Mac actually came from that same planet. Uh, that's that's canon, I think. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe that they just went nuts and and like made this ridiculous ride and they were like no these are all original designs from the original like proposed sequel right. or whatever that never got greenlit because they were like that's too expensive yeah, no, we can't a, make a whole alien cartoon planet there's a novelization of it that involves i think et <laughs> yeah because et ends up uh i think he ends up on trial for um like making friends with the humans on his uh on his little excursion or, or it's something like that, and you know the the whole telepathic link between ET and Elliot like reactivates, and I I don't exactly know what happens oh, after that. It sounds weird as hell. Yeah, no, that's I say I propose we turn this podcast into a podcast that reads bad movie novelizations. Oh man, yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, I I still think that we should be doing more uh, like live streaming. You know, I, I propose that we watch the new. Uh, God's Not Dead, like get a Twitch stream going and we're just going to watch God's Not Dead and uh, talk about it, maybe a little Mystery Science Theater 3000 style. Is that legal or won't they shut, won't the Pope shut you down if you try to do that? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Put his Pope copyright claims out there? Yeah, I think we'd be okay with the uh, intellectual property cops because we could say that, you know, this is satire and, you know, political commentary. (laughs) That's, That's fair use, baby. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if the Office of the Inquisition is going to show up if we were to do something like that. I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested to know what Pope Benedict thinks about the God's Not Dead movies. Because they're not really about religion. They're kind of just about, you know, the the like white American Christian persecution complex. Well, you know, the, the director of God's Not Dead 3 is so embarrassed of having directed God's Not Dead 3, they uh, did not use their own name. No way. So it's credited to uh, a no-name, false-name director, Mike <laughs> Mason. Okay. I was going to say, so they, it, just, they just credited uh, Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it could be Kevin Sorbo, for all we know. Right. I mean, they don't, they don't want the truth out there. I think it might be the Pope. I think he's actually <laughs> directing them. I think that's how that's part of his his plan. Nah, it would be like Joel Osteen or somebody like that. I mean, oh man, you know, I think I think if the current Pope were going to be producing movies, they would have a little bit more of a um, like a pro charity, um, like poverty reduction message or something like that. Yeah, I can't believe that this movie, man. It, this movie has a th- a, a three point two rating 
on uh on IMDb. Ouch. <laughs> that is a uh, that is low. Well, I mean, considering that pretty much the only people who are seeing these films are uh, like elderly people who live in homes that they just bust to the theater and none of those people know how to, you know, get on IMDb and do ratings. It, it's not super surprising. Right. Because a church just like bought out an entire theater or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And they just need to like fill it up and then just be like, hey, come to our church later right. and maybe give us money. Uh-huh. We gave you a free movie. You owe us. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good plan. Well, um, I don't know. I, I guess... Speaking of, we're we're kind of in the the media zone here. Um, what do you think about this uh, Sinclair Broadcasting revelation? Maybe you should play the clip right now so people can kind of hear hear the way this goes down. Oh, the cacophonous, uh, like thirty ch- channels at once. Yeah, we don't we don't need the to... same like Trump propaganda. Right. Yeah, we don't need to play the whole thing, but maybe just a little clip here. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same stories are true without checking facts first. Unfortunately, some members of the media use their platforms to push their own personal bias and agenda control to control. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 So yeah, I guess the the revelation is, and I I think anybody who was paying attention before should have at least been able to make an educated guess that this was happening. But uh, the Sinclair Group owns tons of your local like ABC and Fox News affiliates. Is it ABC also or is it just Fox? I mean, it's local. So like they just contract out to produce the news broadcast for the local station. So I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be Fox, although it seems to be predominantly Fox that they own. And we find out that they're literally just feeding them talking points and having them read them verbatim on the station. Right. I mean, people are describing it as uh, like a hostage tape, and it does really seem like it is because, um, you know, they're having to repeat these like scripts verbatim and they're like, this is mandatory. Right. It's not it's not optional for you to do this. And the tapes are just literally Trump talking points like the, the one that they use in the in the example that went viral is not even that bad because it's just like we're worried about fake news, but you can trust us to, for the real right. news. Um, and you're like, okay, I mean, I guess that's like a thing that, you know, news and especially conservative news like says all the sure. time. And like, that's like a local news message. But like this new one is like, Trump, uh, people say tariffs are bad, but they're actually great. <laughs> like, we love them. And it's like, okay, now we're getting a little, now we're getting a little crazy right. out there. On, yeah, <laughs> on I, this I wonder one. how how convincing those, those messages are going to be when a lot of the people who are watching their local news who watches local news i mean it's mainly well right like older old people old people and maybe just like working class families who throw it on while they're making dinner or something like that you know like these people well, are right but that's the I mean, those folks are seeing at least the the working people are seeing the impacts of this you know china's uh you know they they're doing retaliatory tariffs so trump is like maybe we'll put tariffs on more stuff 
and it's like everybody sees the end game this is this is going to be a trade war at some point it's going to be bad for anybody who tries to sell anything overseas uh specifically you know like agricultural products um finished metal products steel pipes and stuff like that i think we're on the the chinese list of things that right. they have retaliatory tariffs so well right and i think the most ridiculous thing is that it's so it's so transparent that like china doesn't even have to like pretend that they're not because they're like well we think this whole thing is dumb right. but like if if you're gonna do this then i guess we'll just have to do it yeah, back we need to, and we like need we're to gonna pick that yeah Right, like we're gonna pick all of the products from like where your supporters live so that they realize how stupid yep. this is like okay sorry soybeans yeah. well well <laughs> absolutely meanwhile the you know the stock market is still going down so people are watching their these uh these gains in their 401ks that have come along over the past uh 10 years or so just kind of evaporate over not too long i mean what we've had multiple you know 500 point drops in the past few weeks just based on this stuff well i mean the biggest problem is that it's just like no one knows what trump's doing so like it'll go way down and then it'll be like oh well maybe it won't be so bad and then it goes a little bit back up and then trump is like no it'll be worse than you thought and then it goes down again it's just right, like, right. it's just a vicious cycle yeah, yeah absolutely so yeah, the uh, the Sinclair Broadcasting thing, I, I mean, I think it's pretty amazing. It reminds me of what we've known about uh, local radio stations for forever, where, you know, like, I don't know what it is. It's, it, you know, 50% of the market or something is owned all by one corporation, um, which used to be called Clear Channel, and now apparently it has rebranded to iHeartMedia, uh, like with the little i, like I, iPod or iCarly or something like that. Uh, iHeartMedia, which interestingly, just in the past couple of weeks, has had to file for bankruptcy because they owe creditors like twenty billion dollars. Yeah, what 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 kind of crazy company would would have a giant company take on a bunch of debt into uh, a restructuring when they're a struggling? Business? I don't know. I can't think of what? I can't think of a single ethical corporation that would try to take that over. There might be one. Uh, so ethical. Yeah. Uh, like a ethical lot of corporation. Oh, never mind. No, <laughs> let's let's take that off. Let's take that caveat <laughs> off there. And just say just any any right. out there. Um, so yeah, a string of high profile bankruptcies. Uh, of course, Toys R Us. Uh, that was a big yeah, one. Sure. Um, Damn millennials but, oh God, not having kids and buying toys anymore. Yeah. So let's let's do a little pop quiz here. What do these profitable and amazing companies? you know, have, have in right. common, uh, Burlington coat factory, huh. uh, DIC entertainment, or is that actually Deke? Do you remember that from like nineties cartoons oh, or whatever? Yeah. Guitar center. No, uh, not Clear guitar Channel center. Slash I Heart Media. Guitar center is where we get all our podcasting gear. They can't go, they can't go bankrupt. Sports authority, staples, toys R us, uh, Warner music group. All of these companies, uh, yeah, haven't been doing so yeah. great uh, and have been going bankrupted. Uh, and they're all uh, run by Bain Capital. Bain Capital. <laughs> Which is Mitt Romney's company that I guess their entire deal is that they're like a vampiric organization that identifies <laughs> like the weakest corporations 
and then just like does a weird scam where it's like, oh, this corporation's going under. Before they do, let's just rack up a bunch of debt. Right. And then just be like, oh, we don't have any money. Bye. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And it's been doing real well for them. It's, no, it's, a, it's amazing. Yeah. They make they make a lot of money. They basically were able to partially fund an entire run for the presidency uh, just, you know, five years ago. That's who it was. I've been trying to think of the running mates from various past elections and or sorry, the 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 losing opponent in various past elections and they they get kind of hard to remember after a while. Like who ran against Bill Clinton in his second term? Yeah, it was Bob Dole, but Oh I mean, Dole, I'd, Dole. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd completely forgotten about him. Yeah. So. Yeah, so uh Looks like Bain Capital is going to move in on the uh, commercial radio market, which, I mean, honestly, th- those are all the radio stations that nobody really listens to, or you just kind of skim through them or something. So, have you listened to commercial radio lately? It's I can't stand it. It is seriously, it feels like it's about 60 to 70% ads. Yeah, no, I, I try to listen to it because... Um... You know, I was, I usually listen to podcasts just in my headphones or I listen to like NPR. Right. Um, but when I drive my kids to school, apparently that's very rude to do. <laughs> so you're like, oh, I guess I'll just like put on music. You can't freaking find any music. They don't, none of these stations play freaking music anymore. Right. Yeah. And they, they all have their ad breaks lined up. So you can't even skim around different stations trying to find oh, yeah. the one that's playing something that's not a commercial. I mean, sometimes I'll switch to like eight to ten different stations and they're literally all commercials. Right. It's absolutely insane. Um, so, yeah, I try to avoid it as much as possible. But I guess this is the whole deal is that all these like traditional media channels where it's like, oh, millennials are killing them because they don't listen to it anymore. And it's like, well, they don't listen to it anymore because it's like freaking terrible. Yeah, because it's and garbage. You can just get better stuff on demand right. that you can actually like want to pay attention to rather than just being like, well, I'll just see what's on flipping around, yeah. which is like a total old style way of consuming media. But they're able to turn this around and just say, oh, well, because those are devalued now, we could just buy those and then literally just use them as political propaganda. As propaganda outlets. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, I mean, I was I was going to say just now, you know, one thing that it's it's been really bad for the radio industry to have these all of these radio stations consolidated under one big company, because what they were able to do was basically automate the process and fire a whole bunch of people who used to be, you know, the DJs and the various bit producers and, you know, the people who are actually working in the radio station. Um, now they just have you know, one big studio that produces all of the bumps and all the, you know, you got your, right. your various, uh, your various DJs that, you know, they sound suspiciously similar between different radio stations. Or if you go from one city to another one, even though the station is called something different, the guy is exactly the same as the one in your hometown. And it, I would not be shocked to learn that that's exactly what Sinclair Broadcasting has been doing with the production of, local news, you know, if you've got one company that owns all of these different stations, why would those stations need to be doing their own investigative journalism except just on the purely local issues? You know, any of No, they're not at all. Yeah. And 
it, it's it's funny because yeah, you, if you think about like what like a radio DJ was like back in the day, they would like have a show where the show was them and whatever they wanted to do, basically. Right. So they had the freedom to be like, this is what I think is interesting and what my audience is going to think is interesting. I may be finding new artists and things like that mm-hmm. that, you know, I think are, you know, are cool and pe- more people should know about. That doesn't exist. That doesn't exist anymore. But in local news, it still kind of does, right? I mean, there are still local news stations that are doing local news stories right. that have boots on the ground reporters going out interviewing people and saying like you know so and so says the street light out here is not good enough and we need we did the you know first on your side investigation report of you know yep. tracking it down and make holding your city accountable to safety and like you know i don't know but, what that voice is you're doing but i love it i i want you to become yeah, a local news local news matt yeah. i know you haven't watched no local news lately that's exactly what it's like <laughs> yeah cool um in the in the 40s um when i last watched it um but yeah, some of these Sinclair stations, they're not even local. The news is produced locally, but they're not in the state because they, they got these laws passed where it's like you don't even have to be in the state anymore. Huh. So a lot of these, they have like a centralized office where they just produce like 90% of the same content and then they put in like one or two like local-ish stories that they like contract out to, you know, some uh, freelancer basically. And then the rest of it is just the same as they give everybody else. And they just pump it in and they say like, this is your local news for this, you know, such and such town. But it's, it's like produced out of LA or something. Yeah, sure. Those, those newscasters are not people that you're going to see, you know, wandering around in your town or like out at a restaurant or something. Right. Yeah. No, that's crazy. I mean, I think the I think the takeaway lesson there is, you know, people need to be uh, patronizing their actual local and independent journalism sources. I mean, I, I don't know what that looks like in terms of television, but certainly, you know, college radio stations or listener funded, you know, NPR stations. Uh, I, I'm really impressed with uh, KERA down here. They they produce some amazing programs down here that do end up getting syndicated uh but also just have a great news gathering arm um your local you know independent newspapers or look i mean you can look and see who is who is the majority owner of your like big local newspaper and make a decision based off of that and uh, also you know listen to listen to our show yeah or you could listen to uh the chairman of Sinclair Broadcasting, because what he says is that uh, print media, quote, serves no real purpose <laughs> and has, quote, no credibility because print media is so left wing as to be meaningless dribble. What? <laughs> which is which is pretty hilarious. Um to just think of that. He's like, this is just meaningless dribble that they just right. they just really throw it out there. Not like our handcrafted, uh, centralized uh, cookie cutter journalism. <laughs> like ours is good. Ours is great. Yeah. It's extremely credible. Not like those damn newspapers. But I wonder if he's gunning for a job because can you think of a statement that's better tailored to catch the approval of Donald Trump 
who's like all reading is garbage. So like, yeah, this this oh, guy absolutely. this guy seems really smart. <laughs> oh no, it worked out really well because people were asking Trump about like, what do you think about this Sinclair? It's pretty whack or whatever. And he's like, oh, it's better than CNN. Far superior to CNN and fake NBC, which are just total jokes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it just it just seems like I guess I, I guess it's possible that it could work. But it also just seems like, first of all, they're like investing into a business that's already dying. Um, the the like local news broadcasting business. Yeah. Um, so I don't think they're going to like turn it around, but they're definitely going to bane capital it and just ride it straight into the ground while siphoning as much money from their audience as possible, which they do in the most amazing way. So Sinclair Broadcasting, um, you know, figured out that local news isn't very profitable because you're doing all that investigative journalism. So. Step one, cut all that crap out right. and just do some some cookie cutter repeat nonsense sure. that doesn't take as hard to produce. Press releases step, and whatnot. Exactly. Just reading press releases over and over again. Uh, step two is to just uh, have everything be corporate sponsorships. Sure. So all the content that should be news is, in fact, just corporate sponsorships. So they just say like, hey, yeah, it's time for your like, you know – Local gutter company weather check, you know, <laughs> sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts, right. uh, you know, and just at every possible opportunity, some 30 minute or I guess they're only like 22 minute news broadcasts have upwards of like 30 sponsors wow. crammed into them from Sinclair Broadcasting Station. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty horrifying. Like this, this blonde newscaster brought to you by this local salon, like. You know, you too can look like oh, absolutely. You too can look like a, a local news diva. Uh, if you come to the salon, we're offering we're offering a discount to anybody who can name three of the other sponsors on this news broadcast. <laughs> Pop quiz. <laughs> oh man, well, yeah, um, it's 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 pretty shameful, but you know that's not that's not super different from how any of the big you know. Trump is right to a certain extent that like NBC, MSNBC, CNN are also they definitely are pushing an agenda. It's just not the one that he thinks it is because they have their corporate sponsors, too. And they're owned by massive media corporations that, you know, you you don't want to trust necessarily to to give a, a fair and unbiased view of things. I mean, Jeff fucking Bezos owns The Washington Post right now, you know. Washington Post is democracy dies in darkness, but democracy also dies when oligarchs own all of the the media apparatus, and that's some oh for sure that's and William Randolph Hearst shit, right? It, oh, it's and it's totally crazy. I mean, it, it is crazy that like Jeff Bezos like bought the Washington Post, although like to be fair, I don't I don't know that he bought it specifically to like glorify himself i mean it seems like he just said like oh this is an opportunity like the news is going to be very important because trump is about to get elected um so you know this is going to be a good investment and if i give them a bunch of money they will be able to like be a high profile like news source that can be profitable or whatever um but yeah i mean these um 
these Sinclair buyouts and stuff, um, you know, it doesn't seem like he's just like some philanthropic billionaire who's <laughs> just no. like, oh, I love to support no journalism way. or whatever. Like, no, that's totally. I mean, if 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 Amazon did to the Washington Post what Sinclair is doing to local news, the Washington Post would just be Amazon yeah. ads. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. And, it, and yep. it's not um, yet. So that's next. That's after Trump uh, gets thrown out of office. That's phase <laughs> right. three. All right. Well, I, I think the takeaway here is, uh, yeah, support your support your local media, you know. And, uh, well, and I think the funniest thing is that, you know, this news broke that this dude in in rural Nebraska uh, resigned uh, from Sinclair. Yes, a hero. Uh, and like made it like a huge news story that he's like, I'm resigning from Sinclair. So like one of the biggest news stories right now is that this news company is so terrible and you know, they're not going to be reporting on that. Like <laughs> you're not going to be hearing that story on the Sinclair yeah, channel. But I mean, you just have to think about like how much of a failure are you as a company where somebody at a rural local news station quitting because they don't like the way that you're running your news company is <laughs> national headline news. Like that is just, amazing Streisand effect right there where, you know, you try to cover something up and by trying to cover it up, you just bring way more attention to it than ever would have been on there before. Because what they could do is they could just continue to run their local news crammed full of product placement and just not do this Trump bullshit and no one would care. But they just had to go that extra step. They can't resist So we've been talking about media a lot tonight, and for the high note, I think we need to take it back to our realm, the online realm, and see if we can find, you know, something positive to talk about there. Yeah, longtime listeners to the show may know that, you know, at the end of the show, we like to bring it out on something positive, you yep. know, to walk away feeling good, so... And it's usually stuff we find online, like, uh, like this week, I discovered a subreddit which is hilarious. Apparently, it's known. Brendan knew about it when I mentioned it to him, but uh, it's called 11 Foot 8. And what it is is a subreddit to document the can opener bridge in Durham, North Carolina. There's a place where a train trestle crosses a, a fairly busy commercial road. And there's this big flashing sign if your vehicle is too tall to get underneath it, which is 11 foot 8 inches. And so... They've got these cameras set up that'll record every single one of these. You know, you see like a moving van or something. Decide to try it, even though the thing is blinking at them. And they end up going under this thing at about, you know, 12 to 15 miles per hour and just completely rake off the top of their truck. And, oh, they're so satisfying. I mean, there's sound on these videos. So the the variety of different crunches and bangs that you get, you know, military hardware getting like knocked off the back of a truck and stuff like that. It's hilarious. I've been loving it. So that's that the, the variety of different crashing. Oh, like yeah. you'd think like 
well, you're watching like a video of like trucks crashing into a bridge. You're like, they're all going to be the same. Oh, they're no, all way different. different. That's the thing yep. that blows my mind. Yeah. What I want to know is, you know. It... Each truck crash is like a snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> all beautiful and unique. I would not want to walk on the sidewalk underneath this bridge. Because, I mean, this, the subreddit's documented, like, over 130 of these various crashes. And sometimes debris goes flying. Oh, it looks yeah. quite dangerous. Yeah, I'm surprised people have not been seriously right. injured. Or maybe they have. I don't know. Maybe they gloss yeah, over no, that. It's, on it's a possibility. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, it was it was one of the trending subreddits recently. So they picked up a whole bunch of new members. And now people are posting videos and, and other commentary from other places that have similar bridges where people just ignore the sign and... Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's hilarious. That's my high note this week. Uh, yours was from Reddit too, right, I think? Well, you know, I try to go look at the uplifting news That sounds Reddit, good. That sounds promising. But man, you'd think so. But, uh, you know, I think they need to change the name of their okay. subreddit from uplifting news to something like news that at first glance might appear to be uplifting but then if you kind of think about the implications of what they're talking about it's actually super right. depressing i don't know maybe they need to find an acronym or L- something literary for that. irony news or something like that so yeah so for this week here are some of, here are some of the choice uplifting news stories adult recipient of stem cell transplant in calgary cured of sickle cell disease where you're like, wow, that's that's great. But like also like this person like has a, a horrible disease that they need experimental <laughs> right. treatment for. I mean And 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 sickle and like, cell disease is pretty common across the world too. Yeah. I mean, and I, I don't know, like, are there long term effects? Like I, I don't know. Like there's just so many right, unanswered right. questions. So here's one. Here's another one. Again. Three school children are set to win national awards. They did they didn't even okay. win them yet. But maybe they will. For stopping a suicidal man from jumping oh, off of a bridge. <laughs> wow. Give it up. Give it up for the school children that may or may not win awards, you know, really doing their part to stop one guy from jumping yeah. off a bridge in in the in this, this <laughs> Oh this is this one's real good. This one's real good. Man loses three hundred and twenty six pounds. After he took up two plane seats when evacuated from a fire. Wait, hold on. I I, I think I see the problem with that one, but I'm not sure I understand the <laughs> series of events. He got he got put so on a plane. He was he was okay. super fat. He was getting evacuated from a fire. <laughs> uh, like, like you know, his this apartment is the, was burning down or something. The the Fort McMurray fire in Newfoundland, Canada. So this is like a Canadian. It's like you or, know they have the they have the or fires. Newfoundland, you know how it is. the way most people say it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's too. That's the Canadian way. I don't. It's it's that. the uh, um, it's the Scandinavian way for Brennan. He wants the the drink. Newfoundland. Yeah. Yeah. So like this guy's entire life burned down, and he had to get evac emergency evacuated. And then apparently they like shamed him on the plane Jesus. or whatever because they were like, "Oh <laughs> to God, we're evacuating your fat ass from a fire. You're taking up two seats. Like, we could have been evacuating other people or whatever." And so then he's like, "Wow, my life is a shambles. I guess maybe I should go on a diet." Right, uplifting. uplifting news. Hey, uh, he's he's gonna be way better now. Homeless, oh, homeless, but more fit. Oh my God, these are like you could not find more depressing stories if you tried. 
Hotel gives out environmentally friendly sunscreen to protect Hawaii's coral reefs. Yep, it turns out sunscreen murders coral. Right, and we've all just been snorkeling around and uh, for for years and years. Yep. Right, but one hotel in Hawaii is like, oh, here, here, have Maybe some sunscreen do that doesn't instead. doesn't murder all Jeez. the coral. I mean, it's, but everyone else is still using the the coral murdering do, brand. Do you think you there's know? some some value to like really bringing somebody down? And then giving them something to say, like, oh, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. I'm not sure. See, we should have <laughs> we should have done the we should have done the bridge crashes second. Because <laughs> now it's now I don't know if I can get us. I don't know if I can get us back out of here. <laughs> oh, here's a good one. Portland, Oregon, is using three hundred thousand dollars in marijuana tax revenue to fund public education. <laughs> Yeah, the the uplifting story wasn't, you know, citizens of Portland decide on a sensible tax increase on the rich to make sure that they have the best schools in the country. They had to introduce a vice into the community and then tax the shit out of it. Hey, it's better than nothing, man. This is the best I got. It is. It is literally better than nothing. So good for you. Good for you, Portland. Good for you, guy who lost 300 pounds. You know the the stem cell one is is kind of cool. I mean, that's more that's more a story of we finally gotten to the point with this technology that has offered promises for a long time, and now it looks like there may be practical applications that can solve real health issues. You know, sickle cell anemia is definitely a thing. Uh, you know, worldwide uh, health problem, but that's that's kind of uplifting. I like that one. Yeah, no, I think it's good. Maybe maybe this is a maybe this is a me problem. Maybe it's not the news that's the problem <laughs> here. But yeah, I, I guess it just makes me just think of all of the times I've read headlines like that where it's like, oh, right around the corner, like we're gonna do it, you know, now that we sequenced the sure. human genome twenty years ago, like we got it. And it's like, well, it just you never really seems like I guess they're they're doing all right. Yeah, remember the the cancer treatment that was supposed to be it was like gold isotopes attached to little nanobots that can you're find of, tumors. You're thinking of like uh, alchemy or something. <laughs> no, no, this is this is a real one. They had a. It was these little nanobots, just like little molecular mm. machines that they could be mass produced. They could target. There's some receptor on tumor cells, some uh, something on the cell wall that's like a much higher frequency than a right. regular cell, and so these things were supposed to be able to glom onto like the cell wall of cancer cells and they had a tiny little you know just a couple of atoms of gold or something just a tiny little gold molecule attached to them which then if you used microwaves um just like having like foil in a in a conventional microwave you know it would cause a bunch oh, of heat okay. right no, in I that one spot and so they could so they could like micro target tumor cells uh but and it, it seemed like a really cool idea, and everyone was really excited about it. And then I have not heard a thing about that in 10 years. You know, it sounds yeah, like Yeah, I mean, cool maybe idea, they started so. working on it, and then they realized that they were literally, like, building the technology to, like, create the nanomachine, like, gray goo, like, apocalypse event. Right, and they were yeah. like, maybe we need to stop right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good pick-me-up. Everybody Google gray goo. That's a that's a fun <laughs> that's a fun apocalypse scenario that you may not have heard of. If you have gotten completely into nihilism under the Trump administration, 
we not only understand, but we also have the perfect. Oh, article dude, yeah. For you to look read. for our look oh. for our upcoming episode of uh, our bracket of best apocalypses. We should absolutely <laughs> do that. That's a great idea. That's a- we're we're doing that. We're doing that in that's the next couple of weeks. Yeah. That's a that's that's actually tweet a teaser. Us, tweet so us your favorite apocalypse scenarios. Are you like a heat death person? Uh, are you? Right. You know what is it? The AI, the robots. Yeah, let's do this. Let's, I'm partial uh, to meteors. Can, can, the meteors are pretty good. We'll throw that up on the on the Twitter. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll put that up on the Twitter. Uh, you can tweet us at liquid underscore flannel with your suggestions for that and. We always like to hear from you, obviously, on any place you're listening to us. Like us on SoundCloud. It helps the algo put us out to more people. I'm Matt DeGuate on Twitter. Brennan? I'm at Brendan Williams with one L. And you've been listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast. We'll we'll try to do better on the high note next week. That was a little depressing. <laughs> no, what? The Apocalypses? That was good. That's really, People love that. Yeah. Uh, Armageddon was very popular. B- beloved beloved movie maybe we need an armageddon reboot or sequel <laughs> let's get about that time <laughs> to tweet us your dream casting taylor kitsch is that a name kitsch somebody somebody i don't know how do you pronounce it i don't think i've ever heard it said out loud <laughs>